Mm, I love that point about seeing people the way Jesus sees people. For me personally, that is what draws me to Christianity. It's not some club of people who are better than other people or follow a certain set of rules that make them better. It's about following this man named Jesus who had such Mm. compassion Mm -hmm. on people and who he met and saw the dignity of everybody. And and I think that's such a beautiful thing. Parents, it's time to celebrate. The new On Purpose Parents podcast, a Saddleback Parents podcast has arrived for tips, ideas, and encouragement to help you win at being an on-purpose parent. All right. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of On Purpose Parents. We're so excited to have you with us, whether you're a first-time listener or been with us for a while. My name is Grace, and I'm with... Kurt. And in the corner, we have... Chris. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we're just saying our names wow, real fast. Wow, that was real, real Chris, choppity did, chop. <laughs> did mine sound? Did mine sound that abrupt? It sounded very curt. Uh, it was, you know, just very. Yeah. It, it sounded very curt. Oh yeah, my goodness! Good, I actually really appreciate that. That's a good dad joke right there. By the way, it's like freezing in here, isn't it? It is. Cold. It is like ice. Uh, uh, Where's uh, your beanie at? Uh, you need to have your beanie on. Well, I, I, oh, the sometimes muscle. I do. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny about the name Kurt? Is I I never feel like I don't like my name until I meet somebody else named Kurt or I see it printed out like on a news story and it's Kurt so and so from Idaho and I I see it or hear it used elsewhere and I'm like yeah, I don't oh like, really that's, that's, I don't like that name that's, 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 I don't like that name no. which is kind of a bummer that I've my whole life I've had a name I, apparently I don't like what's it short for. Curtis? It, well, it can be, but Curtis? in my case, it's not. No, if somebody, it's just Kurt. you can spell, if, if they spell their name C U R T, that's almost always short for Curtis. Uh, and if yeah, it's yeah. K U R T or K I R T, then it's usually just Kurt. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, for me, I always like wanted a name that had longer syllables. Like all of us were yes. one syllable names. Yeah, so all... when we introduce ourselves, it's like, I'm Grace. Yep. I'm Kurt. Yep. I'm Chris. It is very short. <laughs> Anyway, you mentioned, Chris, that it's cold these days. I don't know if you're listening to it um, right when we release it, but these days it's been cold and windy. But actually, that ties in really well with this themed series that we're doing on our podcast right now, which is Anchored. And we've been talking the past couple weeks on these qualities, and Kurt has said this the past couple episodes, these aren't the only qualities, but these are the qualities that we felt really gravitated towards when we were thinking about it. What qualities do we really want our kids to be anchored in when they face all different kinds of things that they'll face at the various different ages and stages of their childhood and growing up? What are these things that we really want to be intentional about anchoring our kids in? And we've talked about conviction. We've talked about courage. And today we are going to be broaching the topic of compassion. So if you notice, that's we're starting them all by C's. We're trying to be uh, coordinated here. Um, but it's a topic that I think when we were discussing qualities, this is something that will really lend itself into the mission that we've talked about as on-purpose parents, the part of the mission that is living out you know, kingdom, making a difference in the kingdom right. for Jesus. Right. So, And I also like... 
today's topic. Did you already say what we're talking about? Yes. I'm, compassion. I, thank you. <laughs> I, t- I was looking straight at you, but my mind must've been somewhere else. Um, <laughs> um, oh man. Oh gosh. We're so good. Welcome, thing we could be- welcome to my <laughs> wife's <laughs> world, you guys right there. My, the, the last 31 years, my wife has said, Oh yeah. Rachel For 31 years, he's looked at endured. me, but his mind has been somewhere else. That's that Drax character Good in Guardians night, of the Galaxy. I, I guess. Um, here's what I like about mm-hmm. this topic, other than it's very, very important compassion, and it's incredibly Jesus-y, which we'll talk about. But the first two anchors, conviction and courage, they, those feel very alpha. Mm-hmm. Like they feel very, yeah. I'm a person of conviction. I got to be courageous. and. Mm. Um, and this is a little bit more of a gentle mm-hmm. anchor. Yeah. But gentle does not mean any less powerful. Right. Any less important. But I do like that it it has a different vibe yes. to it. And just as important, right. I would say. So I'm going to kick it off and, and just start off with something a little bit lighthearted as a way that as parents, we can encourage compassion in our kids. And one um, suggestion is to make compassion fun. Hmm. And one of the ways that it can be fun as a family, you know, just especially not everything, not these values that are so important, they don't always have to be so heavy handed, I guess, when we're trying to instill that in our kids. Um, things that are very important and very valuable things of conviction, can there can still be fun to it. And one of the ways that makes it fun is I think um, doing random acts of kindness. There's something about like the randomness that our kids have really like gravitated towards. Um, and so one example that we've done, and I got this idea from someplace else, was uh, paying for the person behind us in a McDonald's fast food drive through Oh, yeah. And the first time we did that, oh, my goodness, our kids were thrilled because, <laughs> you know, we have those like dark tinted windows, but they're like trying to like see who's behind us. We don't know what they're going to order. You go to the the, the station and you say, well, we're going to pay for our order, obviously, and pay for the car behind us too. But if you drive too fast, then you can't see their expression. So we're always just like, it's just so exciting. They're like, sometimes they stick their head out the window when we're pulling away and you never know who the people right. are, obviously. So part of that is there isn't like a necessarily a reward that the kids get in terms of people's gratitude necessarily, but just that activity as a family and doing that is something that has helped us talk about compassion, helped us talk about kindness, thinking Mm -hmm. about somebody else, not just thinking about our own selves and um, ignoring the rest of the world, but opening our eyes to the people around us and how can we bring a little bit of light and, and brightness to, to that. And, and another way of making that fun and another quick example is by doing a project together as a family. So that random act of kindness is one way, but going towards a goal together as a family can be really rewarding. Um, During the Ukrainian crisis that the peak of it, Karis wanted to do something and, we came up with the idea together as a family that she would sell some of the paintings that she's done and to family and friends. And it was such a great experience because we brainstormed together as a family. Okay, logistically, how do we do this? Do we like post your paintings as pictures or who can buy them? What price point do we do it? And so we came up with the method, the methodology, but more than Kara selling 
and raising money, it was such a good example of just the outpouring of people's support. Mm. They were so supportive of her efforts and so encouraging that she was able to see, wow, like doing this together as a community is, is so much fun. And by the way, we had asked Zoe too, Zoe, do you also, because they had gone to these art classes and had all these paintings, do you also want to add your paintings to the mix? And, you know, we could maybe raise even more money. And she was like, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because for her, she was really attached to her paintings. Right. And, and we were like, that's totally fine. There's no shame. And so I think that's my final point on that is when you're making, when you're introducing compassion as something fun, something we that affirms us that's something we can do together as a family as a project it shouldn't be this heavy-handed guilt-tripping hmm. shame inspired activity it's right. zoe if you don't want to do it no problem right. she actually has found her own way to give by creating new paintings for specific people like her teacher who recently had a parent pass away she wanted to do something like that. So more focused, yeah. whereas Karis yeah. is more broad yeah. and like public. And either one is great. And and not to feel like there's one way that you mm. need to do to right. be a compassionate person, right. you know? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, compassion is as much a mindset as it is anything else. Mm. Or at least it starts with a mindset, mm -hmm. right? And, and that's kind of my premise when I think about compassion is I'm going to come from the standpoint that I think... <clears throat> Most human beings have a innate version or level of compassion. Mm. Not not everybody, um, but most kids. I think actually kids more than adults, right? Because the compassion sort of gets beat out of us. Life kind of beats the compassion oh, out of us, yes. right? We cynicism and mm. all that. When when a child sees a homeless person, their their gut response is compassion. When somebody our age sees a homeless person. Off, oftentimes our gut response is, well, you know, what they do to get there, mm. right? It's just a totally different, but I, th I do think most people have a level of compassion and oftentimes what gets in the way of our compassion is just our busyness, mm -hmm. our busyness. We're caught up. If you want to, if you want to be drastic, we're self-centered, right? Um, and we're just doing our thing and we don't slow down long enough to, to, to even recognize or, or be compassionate when, when those opportunities arise because we're doing our own thing. I think of the parable of the Good Samaritan mm -hmm. and the examples of the priest and the temple assistant were good people. I mean, you know, you don't you don't decide to go be a priest back in the day and work in the temple if you're if you're not a good person. Um, they were just busy. Mm -hmm. They were busy. They yeah. had their own agenda. They were busy doing their thing and they just kind of saw and just kept walking right past. The, mm -hmm. the, some, the person who had been beaten up and, and uh, you know, left for dead. And I don't even know where I'm going with that. But yeah. other than the fact that it starts with a mindset mm -hmm. and, and, and a heart posture. And I think a couple of ways that we can build that heart posture, two, two things I think will help. One is, and this, is, this could have been a whole other anchor, really. Um, but I think compassion starts with humility. Mm. compassion starts with humility because if you think more highly of yourself than you should, then you're not, you're a lot less likely to have compassion for the people who are lesser than in what, in whatever way they're lesser than you. Um, and one of the ways we build hum humility in our children, I think there's lots of ways to help, but one of the ways is very early on, not, not in a way that's, that makes them feel guilty, not in a way that, that causes them 
like this, this, this real identity struggle, but in a healthy way, helping them recognize that for the most part, their station in life, our station in life, we did almost nothing to mm. merit that. I mean, there's almost, we had almost nothing to do with our merit in life and the station that our merit in life, our station in mm -hmm. life. Um, we didn't choose who we were born to. We didn't choose what country we were born into. We didn't, as, as kids, we didn't choose the socioeconomic status of our parents. Um, the time, the times that we live in, we didn't, we didn't choose that. So much of what we have in life was just the, the, the sovereignty of God. Mm. If you want to say the luck of the draw, you know, if, if you're not a, 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 a follower of Jesus, but whether you want to call it the luck of the draw or God's blessing and sovereignty, it didn't have anything to do with us. Mm. And when you recognize that it didn't have anything to do with you, it can also help you recognize that for people who are in a different station of life, it really probably didn't have much to do with them either. Mm. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it does, but oftentimes there had we been born into their circumstances, our life would be just like theirs. And had they been born in our circumstances, their life would be just like ours. And so that, that builds this sense of humility. Like, okay, it's not because I'm awesome. It's because God blessed my family in a way. Um, life shook out a certain way for me that, that it just didn't for them. And that, that having that humility helps, helps us see people differently. And when you see people differently, that helps you have compassion. And that's my second thought is, I think to build compassion in our children, we need to help them see differently, hmm. specifically see people the way Jesus saw people. Hmm. Um, you, you could make an argument that one of Jesus's primary values, primary characteristics when he was on earth was compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. you read, when you read the scriptures, it oftentimes says that Jesus moved by compassion, that he was a, it was his compassion. Mm -hmm. When you look at who he spent his time with, he, he, he didn't spend most of his time with the high achievers, the, the social elites. He spent almost all of his time with the marginalized, mm -hmm. the down and outs, the overlooked, the despised, Zacchaeus, the tax collector. I mean, you just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Um, and, and that's who Jesus, Jesus ministered to. He, there's a, a time where Jesus says, I didn't come for the healthy, mm -hmm. right? The, the, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. In other words, he came for those who were sick. And he's talking about sinners. It's a spiritual analysis. But the point being, he came for people who weren't the people who had it all together. Mm -hmm. he, he was marked by, by compassion. Um, and I, I think for us, if we can begin to see people the way that Jesus saw people, ev everybody's valuable in Jesus's eyes. Everybody has worth in Jesus's eyes. Everybody is worth our time in Jesus's eyes. And in fact, the people who don't feel that way are the ones who Jesus had the harshest criticism mm -hmm. towards. Mm -hmm. um, so if we can help our kids recognize, okay, and be humble enough to recognize none of this is my own doing. And I want to see people the way that Jesus saw mm -hmm. people and Jesus saw people through love and compassion and that love and that compassion drove him to treat them a, a, a certain mm -hmm. way. 
Um, so those are kind of my two initial thoughts on how we help our That's kids develop really compassion. powerful. I had an opportunity to spend a couple of days with my kids, took some vacation time and, and they, they actually, one of them shared those exact words that you said, dad, I remember when you used to uh, always pray for us and with us that Jesus help us to see people the mm. way you do. And so that's good. just one of those ongoing prayers that yeah. we've always prayed. And then it, it is like what you said, Kurt, it's a mindset with stuff. And if we have, if we are grateful of all the, th- all the blessings that we have, and, uh, and we talked about this too. One of the kids was said, yeah, you know, we're blessed to be a blessing and we mm-hmm. want to add value to people and always think, how can we, how can we add value to the, to any, anyone we're coming into contact with? Mm-hmm. And like one uh, waitress, we ha- we ate at this uh, old school diner, which was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun, like huge nachos and mozzarella sticks, all this <laughs> bad stuff and, and like shake and stuff. And, That's amazing. Uh, no, but then she was uh, just running around like the whole place she was uh, serving and, uh, we gave her like an extra big tip because we could, but it was one of the one of the girls, one of their ideas. Mm. And she was so happy afterwards. We gave her some words of encouragement and but it is that grateful type mindset that mm. helps us to have compassion with other mm. people. I think that's mm. good. Mm. I love that point about seeing people the way Jesus sees people. For me personally, that is what draws me to Christianity. It's not some club of people who are better than other people or follow a certain set of rules that make them better. It's about following this man named Jesus who had such Mm. compassion Mm -hmm. on people and who he met and saw the dignity of everybody. And and I think that's such a beautiful thing. And that segues really well into the other encouragement that I had, which was foster empathy in our kids by teaching them how to go underneath the iceberg. So the iceberg is, I think, a concept that's used widely, but um, I first encountered it when I was at uh, New Life Fellowship in New York City, attending the church there, and Pastor Pete Scazzaro was the pastor, and he had written this book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And this book, one of the concepts is all about going underneath the iceberg. And the picture is you have this large iceberg in the water, And the part that you most often see is just the tip of the iceberg, the part that pokes out of the water. But when you go underneath the water, you see that there's so much more beneath the surface. And I think teaching your kids this concept of the iceberg, you know, when you see people, when you encounter their actions and behaviors or their personality, what you're seeing is only such a small piece. You really don't know. You don't know everything that they've experienced, what are the things that they've come from, what's their family of origin, how they were raised, their different cultures. There's so much that they may have experienced underneath the iceberg and helping kids just understand that concept. And it's a great visual, even having that picture makes them maybe think twice about judging somebody or at least encourage them. And we always say this, let's be a detective instead of just casting judgment on what you see on the tip of the iceberg, let's ask some detective questions. Why might that person have been acting like that? What are some things this person may have been feeling? What are some things that we may not be seeing that we can at least be open Mm. to learning Mm. about? And it's not saying if people have problematic behavior, it's not teaching your kids, 
oh, just excuse it and right. you're you're okay with all of it. But it is opening their eyes to at least consider there's so much more going on yes. than we initially give credit for. And being able to then translate that into empathy is a powerful thing that really makes a difference in the kingdom. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to share the story. Recently, I heard um, someone share this story that just illustrated empathy so well. She was, it was another speaker, um, but she was at an airport and was catching a bite to eat before catching her flight. And she saw this uh, server, waitress, and she was like, oh, I can tell this is her first time, her first rodeo, because she had that big tray, you know, that servers have and was piling a lot of dishes onto that tray. And it was, the speaker was saying, I could, I just saw it coming. And sure enough, it did. She was walking and boom, all of the the trays went down and all the glasses cracking and the, uh, the plates and cups are shattering. And she's like, oh, you know, she was going down and she was trying to clean it up. And then the entrance to the kitchen that door suddenly slams open. It's like, boom. And you see this guy who obviously looks like the manager come walking very quickly over to the server. Like, and, and the person who's telling the story is just like, oh my gosh, look what's going to happen. Like barrel his way very quickly over, get down face level with the server and then opens his arms up wide and says, welcome to the club. <laughs> and he was like, I remember the first time I did this too. You know, this is a, you know, a badge of honor for all of us servers. And why don't like, why don't you go back and help or, or, and help your tables? And I'm going to take care of this. But once you're done with your shift, why don't you come back and I can give you some tips and pointers on some of the things that have helped me avoid this in the future. But yeah, welcome to the club. I've been there. We've all been there. And the person who was telling the story was like, Oh my goodness. I did not expect that reaction. I mean, cause he, you know, you just, you had an imagination of what was going to happen, right. but just experiencing, seeing this empathy was so powerful. Mm. And when we can teach our kids to have that empathy for other people by seeing more than what you see right. on the surface, yep. it can really be something that propels their ability to really make a difference yep. in the world. I, I, Grace, I think that's massive. The, um, the idea that there's always something below the surface. Um, Stephen Carter, Steve Carter, who's a pastor and a speaker and a writer, he recently wrote a book called The Thing Beneath the Thing, mm. which is kind of the same mm-hmm. idea. That the thing you see, there's always something else mm-hmm. beneath that. And if we can help people get beyond just the initial knee-jerk reaction to the behavior or whatever it is mm-hmm. about somebody and recognize there's probably more going on. Mm. That really does help our compassion. And it, it, it actually kind of in a practical way helps us from having just knee-jerk responses. If we can have a habit of going, before mm-hmm. I respond, I want to think through, okay, there's probably something deeper going on. Now how should I respond? Yes. Very good. It's also a great picture of how important words are too. So it's not just necessarily these actions that I need to take, but our words can really, they're so powerful. Right. Mm. Really help people. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, well, I have one last point um, is in, to help encourage compassion with our kids is to surround yourself in a community that actively cares for each mm-hmm. other. When you do this, there is power in community, and that can be such a, a force of 
reinforcement and encouragement. And I actually have two quick stories that involve you both. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. That, I, that, hope, <laughs> I hope I'm the compassionate one. <laughs> one yeah. of us is going to... Illustration oh, of boy. All the, right. the good and the bad. No. Let's hear it. So um, last fall, I went on this six-day river rafting trip down the Grand Canyon. And it was just me, me and my friends. And it was this like amazing sort of epic bucket list type of trip and super excited about it. We were outside the whole time. You were just camping. You're just rafting and camping down the Grand Canyon and then you hike out. But what they said was one of the notices that they sent us before we left was, by the way, you will have no connection down there. So if you get injured when we're down here, don't worry. They have those like satellite emergency phones that could turn on and get help and get you out. But if something happens to your family, by the way, you won't know till you come back. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's like, (laughs) oh, do I really want to go on this trip? And so I was feeling worried about it and kind of you know, a little burdened by that. And I was the day that I was leaving, I was, um, and then I was texting that to Rachel, you know, I said that. And so I was on the plane and before, for people who don't know, Rachel's my wife. Yes. Okay. Not some random person, but Kurt's wife, Rachel. And then before I had to turn off my phone for good in terms of the, the connection, um, Sam texted me a picture and it was a picture of Kurt and Rachel and the girls and Sam at our house, and they had dropped by with Portos. I think it was Portos, and was just saying like, "Hey, don't worry, like we're here for you." And that was such a comfort for me. I was like, "Oh, like even though I'm going into a situation where I will have no connection with my family for six days, like just knowing that there are kind people that are doing these acts of kindness for my family was such an encouragement." And then the second story was I um, got the flu. Beat that, Chris. Okay, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Beat that one, buddy. Let's see, let's see what you got, Mr. Compassionate Producer over there. I saved her life on that trip. Oh, oh I, jumped oh, in. Okay, I fell off the raft. <laughs> I jumped in. Class nine rapids. Um, well, I, I had gotten the flu really bad this past winter, and I was going to miss out on one of these events that I was actually going to go with Tina right? My wife. Yes. Yes. So we got Rachel, we got Tina, but, um, and I had just mentioned that it was just one of those things like, Oh, we can't, I can't go to this event cause I've been hit hard. And it was like the hardest I've been hit by the flu ever. It was so like, I was just on the ground. It was actually an episode after an episode of recording one of our podcast episodes. Oh, and right after I just, I was down from, from 3 PM, but I got a, um, Door, the doorbell rang and we went and there were all these bags in front and it was like a Uber Eats delivery, but it was of groceries of like cough drops, bottles of water, vitamin C, this like, you know, healthy juice shot drink, like boxes <laughs> of Kleenex, which actually we didn't have boxes of Kleenex at our house at that time. We were just using like rolls of toilet paper. So my kids were actually really excited about the boxes of Kleenex and it was just such a wonderful time for our kids to say, wow, we didn't do anything. We just got sick. But there are these people in our community that will go out of their way for no gain on their um, for themselves to do just these acts of kindness for us. And I think even more than just doing the acts of kindness, being in a community where you may be the recipient of acts of kindness right is a really powerful thing that sometimes 
depending on your personality or culture, you may not easily welcome because you may feel like it puts you in a bit of a vulnerable situation. Some people, some cultures have that feeling where it's like a more transactional relationship and, you know, tick for tack. If you do yeah. something nice for me, I have to do something nice right. for you. But when you just receive compassion and grace from people, even though you didn't really do anything to earn it, I think that can really be a powerful lesson. So I would just encourage parents, get involved with friends that or a community or a group or, or a circle that will just care for each yeah. other. And that can really encourage your kids to be anchored in this, in yeah. this value. That's so good. And, and Grace, all three things that you've mentioned are such good practical ways to help build this anchor of, of compassion in our mm -hmm. kids. Um, you know, practice and model it through random acts of kindness, making it fun, fostering empathy by going beneath the iceberg seeing that there's more to the story than just what they see and the practical aspect of mod in a way model it by being in a community yourself mm -hmm. where kindness and compassion is a part of how you treat each other. Um, if I were going to kind of put a, a bow tie on this parents, as you're listening, um, how, what, what I might say is I think that Chris was the winner of that story. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> Well, I, my, well, if I was going to go there, I'd say Tina and Rachel. Are the <laughs> you and I just got, Grace was kind enough to say these are stories about us, but I at least was was with Rachel when oh. she, she, did you even know Tina sent that care package? Let's, you, know, let's, you, can, you can answer that off microphone, producer Chris. No, but um, I think as, as a parent, one of the things that we really want most parents so deeply. We just want to raise kids who care about people mm. who are kind. Um, they know it, it, I'm not talking about nice, like these nice pushovers, but you know, I just want to raise good kids. That's mm -hmm. not what we're talking mm -hmm. about. We're talking about kids who have this, this like Jesus y mm. authentic sense of compassion for people around them. That when somebody has less, they care mm -hmm. when somebody's going through a tough time, they care when they see a need, they may not be able to meet the need, but they, but they feel mm -hmm. right. They have that, that the sense of, of compassion. And one of the things that we, when we teach our teenagers at, at church about compassion, we always say, Hey, there's really three steps to compassion. If you really want to truly be compassionate, you have, you have to open your heart, mm. open your eyes and open your hands. And opening your heart is just giving a rip. If you don't give a rip about people, if you have a hard heart towards people, you'll never be compassionate. But just having a just having an open heart mm. doesn't do everything because you can care but not ever do anything about it. So opening your eyes is being on the lookout. And we live in a busy, crazy, it goes back to what I said at the very beginning, that a lot of us aren't compassionate because we're just so self-centered. We're so caught up in our own... Um, I mean this figuratively and literally we're walking around with our, our heads down and our, in our smartphones all the time. And we're missing, we're missing opportunity after opportunity after opportunity in the parable, of the good Samaritan I mentioned earlier, the priest and the, and the um, temple assistant, they had open eyes. They saw the need. They, they saw the need, mm. um, but they were missing the third part and that's open your hands. So your open heart is I give a rip about people. Open eyes is looking around for opportunities mm -hmm. to show compassion or at least being aware when they present themselves. And then opening your hands is, what am I going to do about it? What, what, what am I able to do about it? Do I have some resources? Can I contribute? Can I, what can I do in the moment 
to show compassion in a way that makes a difference. And in the end of the good Samaritan story, for those of you who aren't aware of it, um, a Samaritan who was the least likely to show compassion in that, in that context shows up on the scene, open heart, open eyes and open hands. He, he puts the person on his donkey, takes him into town, puts him up in a hotel, tells the innkeeper, Hey, I'll be back in a couple of days or weeks. If I owe you more money, you know, he had the ability, he opened up his, his wallet in that case, um, to help meet the needs. And I think if we can help with our kids going, Hey, let's have open hearts, open eyes and open hands. I think those are three kind of just ongoing ways to, to help anchor our kids in this, this really important quality and value of showing compassion mm, to others. So with that, Everybody, thanks for listening. That was the third of our four installments on our Anchored series, and we will catch you next time around. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining the On Purpose Parents podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us by rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. If you're listening on our Saddleback Parents YouTube channel, please like and leave a comment. Also, remember to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. You can connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, following us on Instagram at Saddleback Parents, and emailing your comments to parents at saddleback.com. As a huge thank you, you can browse our hundreds of free resources at onpurposeparents.com, all created to help you win at parenting. We'll catch you next time.